All right, Luke chapter number one, I mean Mark chapter number one, sorry, I was had Luke on the brain. Mark chapter one, uh, we're going to go one more time into Daniel 9, but we'll start here in Mark 1, and then uh, we will, uh, when we get back from vacation in a couple weeks, and we'll get back into this passage, um, verse 14, if you will. Now after that, John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. And again, the issue that we've been looking at over the last couple weeks, and again we'll do it tonight to kind of wrap up Daniel 9, is this issue of where Jesus Christ says the time is fulfilled. And uh, there's uh, the issue of the timing and the issue of what's going on, the, the timing of the ministry of John the Baptist, the timing of the earthly ministry of Christ. It's all on a time schedule that deals with and focuses in on Israel. And uh, there's a specific time set, set of time here that is involved. So go back with me to Daniel chapter number 9. And when we talk in Daniel about the 70 weeks and the, this prophecy, we've been through about seven points here um, or so, depending on how you, you uh, add them up. And I want to just go in one more time and finish out verse 27. And the 70 weeks here, uh, we've been, the 70 weeks of Daniel's prophecy, we've been uh, looking at and studying as it is really where we're at in Mark, as the Lord starts his earthly ministry. So the first issue that we saw was in verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish. So the 70 weeks of Daniel, the, this prophecy is concerning Israel as the nation, as well as the city of Jerusalem. Uh, and that's who this is about. If, so it's critical to get this first. Every, if you can't get this first and you make it us, the church, the body of Christ, you put it in today's dispensation, the rest of this means absolutely nothing to you. Then we notice, so first we notice that the prophecy is determined upon thy people, the nation of Israel, and upon the, thy holy city. Matthew 5, that's Jerusalem, the city of the great king. Then we looked at the issue of 70 weeks of something. And in Scripture, while we ran the passages of 70 weeks, we have days and months and then weeks and then weeks of months and weeks of weeks of years and years and all that there. And in Scripture, that, word, that term week doesn't just mean seven days. It means seven somethings. And here in, the, in, in Daniel... Genesis 29, 27, it's 70 weeks of years. And that's the second thing we looked at. Then because of that, we're looking at a period, the third point was 490 years. And in that, there, that allowed us, the third point really, is to understand that a year in prophecy is 360 days. Therefore, it's 30-day months, lunar months. And again, that's in Scripture. You go into the calendar history and people, well, the leap year, so you got to do this and that. No, we're talking about Scripture. 
then we begin to see that those 490 years um, equaled out in, uh, again to the 360 days and the 1,700 or 173 or whatever it was. Then the next issue is here in verse 24 is that issue of to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecies and to anoint the most holy. Uh, the reasoning for the 70 weeks is to accomplish these six things. And it ends with the establishment of the kingdom. So you have this issue that's it's going to go for, it's going gonna, it's gonna to finish some things up. The first three are, are negative, the, spirit, the sin issues, the spiritual issues, and then the last three bring in, establish the kingdom. Then in verse 25, knowing therefore that the, therefore and understanding that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. And then we begin to see that it has a definite beginning, it's going to go seven years, or some things are going to happen. Then it's going to go 62 more years. So, okay, till we get there. So we've got 69 weeks. We've got 483 years. And that's going to, so what we learned, the, the fifth thing was that it has, a very, has, a, it has an identifiable beginning. Nehemiah chapter 2, the first eight verses here it is. It's to build the city. That's the issue. Why? You have to have the city to have the kingdom and the great king. And it's going to run for a very specific amount of time. And that's that issue in Luke 19 where we saw that, hey, the, Messiah, the Lord enters into Jerusalem. And he says, this thy day, the visitation, and so forth. So it has an ending. Very specific, very identifiable. Luke 19, verse 42, that's that passage. Then in verse 25, uh, I'm sorry, verse 26, and after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So now there's going to be a, a gap of time in, in, the, in, the, in the prophecy, and Calvary, Isaiah 53, says the cutting off of the Messiah is the cross, by the way, notice it's not for himself, uh, <clears throat> but not for himself. He, he's not reaping the benefits right then. He's going to reap the benefits down the future. So then there's this, there's this issue here of uh, verse 26 that begins a prophetic gap where the cross is going to occur and there's other events. That's what verse 26, and the people of the prince that shall come... That's going to be the Antichrist shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, the temple, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. <clears throat> so, he's, so it's going to run to a point. And this is a gap in prophecy, a prophetic gap here of an unspecified amount of time. What Daniel's doing is just saying, hey, there's some things going to happen. The cross is going to happen. The city's going to be destroyed. The temple's going to be destroyed. And there's going to be a war. And there's going to be floods. There's going to be a whole group of things that are going to happen. 
Then, verse 27, which is where we kind of are, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So there's going to be an additional week that's going to run over here, that 70th week. That's going to be signed, so guess what it has? A very identifiable beginning. There's going to be a covenant signature. It's going to be in three hundred, three and a half years, and three and a half years, and 42 months, and 42 months, 1,260 days, 1,260 days. And that's where we're at. So we're going to get a layout of what's going to happen now in the 70th week. Okay? That's where we're at. Now, come with me to Luke chapter 2. And we've talked about some of this over the last couple weeks. We're going to put some uh, scriptures with this and, and just show you here. Luke chapter 2, <clears throat> notice in verse 25. Now Luke 2, we have the birth of Christ. We have all that event there, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the, same, and the same man was just and devout, notice, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. What's he, he's waiting for something. He's in Jerusalem, and he's waiting. They had, this will be the 490th year. Get that. The second coming, get the kingdom on there, okay? All right. There he's waiting, verse 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. There's a believing remnant there. They are looking. They know what this is, 45, 445 B.C. I'm, I'm sorry. That's, not, that's in the wrong spot. We had a conversation about that last last week this is 445 bc okay they know that the priest is 30 years old they know the calendar is getting down here to zero if you will we got 483 it's interesting you add 30 to that and you're almost right there you know on it so they know that this ends, and he's going to back it up at least 33 and a half years. They're count and this is, I mean, they know what's going on. The wise men, Matthew 2, they see the star in the east. How do they know that? They're, they had an understanding of the timing of what's going on here and what's transpiring. Now, Luke 2, drop down to verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess. I love that. She was of great age and had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. A great age. <laughs> she, you know, I said it Sunday about being old, and I looked in the room, and I, I was like one of the youngest people in the room. And we kind of had a chuckle with that. Actually, my girls and Melanie kind of made me feel better. But uh, the thing is, is she was a widow of about four score and four years which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake for of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Notice, all of them 
looking for redemption. What, are, what do they know? Hey, it's getting time here for the Messiah to show up. Because there's some things that he's got to do at earthly ministry. See, they, they understood the meek and lowly coming. They understood. They're Bible believers. That's why when you think about Mary and, you know, Mary, did you know the song and stuff? Yes, she did know. And, yes, she was very well aware of what was going on. When the angel shows up, it's interesting when you read her account. She doesn't ask who me, why me. She says, hey, wait a minute. I haven't been with the guy. How are you going to work that out, you know? <laughs> She, she's a willing sir, uh, uh, bond, bond woman. She's willing to do it. Look over at chapter 3. Look at verse 15. Chapter 3, Luke 3, 15. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in, in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, all in expectation, they are waiting they understood the Messiah was going to be a prince sitting on a, king, on, on a throne that 30 years. And they had, they had worked this thing back to pretty close. Anna's been in the temple day and night for years. She, she didn't just, oh, I think it's time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and go down. She's been there waiting. They understood that time period. Now come over to Luke 19, just to kind of remind ourselves. Luke 19. They they had a they understood he's gonna be there, he's gonna have a service, he's gonna have a ministry for a period of about three, three and a half years. They had figured that thing down. Luke 19:41, and when he was come near, and again, he's come into the into the city of Jerusalem, riding on the ass, the cult of an ass, and so the, the baby, and he, the, the, what they call the triumphal entry, all of that fulfilling Zechariah 9, fulfilling uh, Isaiah, fulfilling all of that scripture, doing everything, coming in that lowly and meek setting. And he saw, when he was come near, and he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in... This thy day. And that's where we're at in Daniel 9. The things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round about and keep thee in on every side. And that's Daniel 9, 26. The stuff about the desolation of the city and the temple and the war and the flood and all that. We looked at that last time. And shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. They missed it. Unbelieving Israel was not paying attention to the timeline. When the Lord, when the wise men come in and they talk to Herod and the chief priest, they're like, huh? Oh, oh yeah, there's something. We remember they weren't aware of what's going on now in Mark 1 where we're at verse 15 what's the Lord say time is fulfilled it's time now it's time for the judgment in, in Luke 19 which is here where it's ready for judgment in Mark 1 we're at the beginning Luke 19 Mark 1 we're over here at the beginning of his three and a half years Luke 19's at the end and says done 
judgment is now next. Why? Because he's going to now go into the uh, enter into the events leading up to Calvary. Here he says, "There's no go. We're done." And that's where we're at when in Daniel nine. Now come back, come over to uh, the gap in prophecy. And get Luke four. You're in Luke. Get Luke four. I'll sh we'll look at this one, and then go back and get Isaiah sixty one. There are many gaps, and I say many because there's more than a few, but less than a lot. Okay, there are many gaps in prophecy all through that literally sit in a comma in the page. And so when we talk about a prophetic gap here, we're not talking about anything that Israel is not familiar with. Two lessons ago, I showed you that thing in Acts where Paul come, numbering comes up to one number, but yet when you go back to Kings, he's got a different number. And then we go back, went in, back into Judges and we saw when, when Israel was under Gentile dominion, the time clock stopped. And then, because, by the way, the Gentile dominion is a fifth course in Judges. They're in the second course. Okay, they're not in the first. They've come out of the first. They've gone into the second and so forth. Because, uh, anyway, that's a, that's a pause in the prophetic time. There's gaps of time there. But look at, look at Isaiah 61. Verse 1 and 2, and here's another one that we see that the Lord identifies, and it sits literally in the comma in the verse. Luke, or Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to, of, to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. That's the, the quote now in Luke 4. Look at Luke 4. He's going to quote Luke 4 and verse number oh, 20. Luke 4 verse, well, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, which he had been brought, uh, I'm sorry, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the, to, to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. That's Isaiah 61.1. That's where we're at. And, verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Notice how that verse ends with the period. And he closed the book and, and gave it again to the minister and sat down and so on. But, in Isaiah 61, verse 2, there's more to verse 2. He says to proclaim, Isaiah 61, 2 says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, comma, and the day of vengeance of our God. To, now, but what did he say here in, in Luke 4? He says, it's the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, and he gave it to the minister and sat down. 
Verse 20, And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on, uh, fastened on him. Now here's kicker. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The, the timing for the acceptable time of the year of the Lord to be done was there. But the day of his vengeance, it wasn't time yet for that. So if he had finished Isaiah 61 2, and then he sat down and said, this is being fulfilled, then he would have had to pour out vengeance right there. And it's not, it's coming. So there's a gap in there, and, and it literally hinges on that comma in Isaiah 61 2. The first, com first time he's coming as Savior, Redeemer. Second time he's coming back in judgment, war, and wrath as a king. And that's where they're at. Now, come back over to Daniel 9. Let's remember where we were and then move on and get verse 27. And then, like I said, in a couple weeks when we get back from vacation, we will get on into Mark 1. So for the next three weeks, we won't have Monday, uh, Wednesday evenings, okay? All right, Daniel 9, verse 26. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. And again, that's uh, Isaiah 53, that's the cross. Not for himself. He's not, he doesn't get the benefit of it. Hebrews 12, verse 2, the, the, the author and the finisher of our faith, he, he uh, looking, to, uh, I just had the verse, <laughs> and I didn't write it out because I can remember it. You know, Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He hasn't, he hasn't had the, the joy yet. He knows it's coming, but he, we're not here yet. 926. And the people of the prince. Now, the prince there is going to be the adversary. Or it's going to be the Antichrist. Then the city uh, shall come and destroy the city, that's Jerusalem, the sanctuary, that's the temple. And the end thereof shall be a, with a flood, and, and under the end of the war, desolations are determined. Okay, the war is what's going to produce the desolations. That's going to get described for us in verse 27. All right? So you've got this gap, you've got the cross. Come back there to Luke 19. You've got the cross, because you see, you know, what's fascinating about this is that the Lord is actually teaching the little flock all of this. Look at Luke 19. So in the prophetic gap, we have the cross, okay? We have Calvary. Then we're going to have the city destroyed, the temple. There's going to be a flood. That'll match up with Revelation there and so forth. And then the war, but the war is going to bring in a desolation. And that's going to run, boy, that was crooked. That desolation is what's going to run now all the way out here to the end, okay? Uh, Luke 19, the Lord is going to give a parable here. And in this parable, he's literally giving this information to the disciples. Luke 19, verse 11. And as they heard these things, so the, these things is verse 9 and 10. He's gone to see Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down out of the tree. The little, you know, and off you go. 
uh, verse 9, And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he is also a member of the body of Christ. That's what most of Christendom reads that. It's not. He's the son of who? Abraham. Salvation is of the Jews here. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. What was lost? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. So when they heard those things, hey, he's come to save and to seek, what do they think? Well, verse 11, as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should be immediately appear. They said, hey, he's talking about salvation and so forth, so the kingdom's got to be here. The kingdom has to be right on board. So he gives them this parable, and what does he say? Verse 12, and he said, Lo, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded his servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Luke, here's the gap. He says, hey, the nobleman's come, Senesis' son, they've killed him. He's going to die, he's going to be buried, he's going to be resurrected. He goes off, he's seated at the right hand. What's he up there getting? The kingdom. One day, he's going to come back. And when he comes back, then we're going to have the kingdom set up. And the rewards they're out for doing. But until then, what are we going to do? We're going to occupy during the, a job. We've got something to do. And when that happens, they're going to send a witness up there that says, we don't want him. Don't come back. Stay out. This is going to end up being Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Okay, man, this chalk is really bad because my writing is not that bad. Believe me. Okay, so in Acts 1 to 7, we have another gap here, if you will, of occupation. Now, come back. Well, come over to Luke 13 because you're in Luke. Luke 13. And in Luke 13... The Lord is going to give this time schedule of this occupation, of this occupying. And in Luke 13, verse oh, 6, get on the right page, 6 to, what is that, 9? 6 to 9, we read this. He spake also this parable. And again, the parables, you have to remember, they're for the little flock to learn and understand what's going on, not for the nations to get it, not for the nation of Israel to get it, but specifically that little flock. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and 
sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on the fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it to the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it be bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. They understood. He's teaching them. They understood that the kingdom was not going to immediately appear. That there's an, a gap, there's an extended period of time here that needs to accomplish some things. This information in Luke 13, Daniel doesn't even have. Because Daniel looks to here, then he sees the city, the temple, the war, then he sees this, and then he sees that. The Lord, the Lord comes in and says, hang on a minute, we're going to do the Acts period. Now, when Stephen is sent back up there, we now know that God reached down save Paul on the road to Damascus. By the way, Acts 7 is the fall of Israel. We now know in Acts 9, he saves Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, and now there is a, the dispensation of grace starts, and now there is a mystery gap with, that interrupts the prophetic gap. All right, are we confused yet? We got gaps. Okay, let's go to the gap, as we used to say when we were at the malls. But see, the thing is, is we now know that after the fall of Israel, which was the stoning of Stephen, so instead of judgment in the 70th week in the city and the temple and all that happening, he interrupts the prophetic gap with an unexpected mystery gap. So we've got a gap within a gap. Now, go back to Daniel 7, or Daniel 9. So you've got all of this kind of flowing here, all right? Now, we're not talking about us today. We're talking about Israel back here in the Gospels. But what I want you to notice is in the Gospels back here, he's teaching them not about us because we're not there. All of this, he's laying it out for them so they understand. Now, Daniel 9, verse 27. All that's kind of review. Get us to verse 27. <laughs> okay? The final seven years here in Daniel 9, 27, the 70th week, he is laying out a template for it. Three and a half years, 42, 1260. Three and a half years, 42, 1260. And it's important to see this issue. Verse 27. And he... The he there is the prince that shall come, in verse 26. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So we got two groups of people in Israel. We got a many and a not so many. If you hold on to Daniel, run back to Jeremiah 42. Great little verse stuck in here. Nobody seems to pay attention to, but he does it in a parenthesis. Jeremiah 42, 2, and said unto Jeremiah the prophet, Let, we beseech thee, our supplication be accepted before thee, and pray for us unto the Lord thy God, even for all this 
what? Remnant. For we are left but a few of many as an eyes do behold us. Notice that God's never been in the big. He's always been in the remnant. God's people are always the few of many. So when the big guys get going, actually 1 Timothy 6 there, talks, Paul talks about how the, uh, the, the Christendom out there thinks that gain is godliness. So to have the big, I mean, we had a small crowd Sunday with 4th of July and all. So a few more people than what we had Sunday would be good. Uh, but there, there's an issue there of, hey, when it looks big, uh-uh, he's over here. Always remember Gideon and his 300. Didn't start out that way. It ended that way. Anyway, go back to Daniel 9, verse 27. And he shall confirm the week with many, I'm sorry, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So, this week starts with the signing of a covenant, of an agreement. The war that starts back here is what drives the signing of the covenant. All right? What happens here? The end of verse 26, and under the end of the war, desolations are determined. <coughs> he signs the covenant with them. Uh, verse 27, in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consumption. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now it's going to be desolate out here. Okay? And that's what's going to come, that's what ends it, is this desolate. But what it starts is with the covenant. And it starts because there's been a war going on. And the war that's coming here, so there's a pre-trib war, if you will, Psalms 83 and so forth, that happens back here in this time period after we're taken out, we're seated in the heavenly places, we're up here, we meet the Lord in the air, we go up, we're seated in the heavenly places, we're placed where we're at, there's the war in heaven and all that's going on. There's a war that takes place, and that war brings about the, the issue of the Antichrist as a peace guy, the man of sin, flatteries. He's got a policy of peace. He's going to save them from the king of the south and the king of the north. So Daniel 10 and 11 and 12 fit into this and begin to draw out the details of this war that's going to drive them to signing a covenant. Come over to chapter 11 of Daniel. Daniel chapter 11. Well, stay in 9. You look at Daniel 11, the first 24 verses there are all future, all in the gap, and they lead to the anoint and, and to, to the signing of the covenant with the Antichrist. It pushes them to that. There's a great war there. Now, look at verse 27. We've got to stay on point so we, can get, get, so we can be done with this and get back into Mark. Notice it says, And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. It's very important to catch. He doesn't say middle. He says midst. And if he said middle, 
Then we're 1260 and 1260. We're right there at 1259.99999. You know, and he doesn't say that. He says in the midst, because there's a lot of stuff that is going to happen in this middle midst of the time frame here in the 70th week. Okay? Middle would indicate one day. Midst ind indicates more than one day. All right? Now, come over to Daniel chapter 12 because we got some more days here. We got some more time. Look at Daniel 12 and look at verse number 11. Daniel 12, 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be two, uh, I'm sorry, 1,290 days. So we've got 1,290. Wait, okay, from here back here. So what, what is 1,290, 60? Thir there's 30 day extra there. For, now notice verse 11 carefully. When does the 1,290 start? When the, when the sacrifice shall be what? Taken away. So, 30 days on the other side of the middle point. Not all the way back, but, okay, my, my calendar, this isn't up here, okay? All right? It's not to scale, as they say, okay? Now, look at verse 12. So, you got 12, 1,290 days from the daily sacrifice being taken away. When does that happen? Midst of the week. Verse 27, 927, okay? So 30 days prior to the middle point in the 77 weeks, or the 70th week, back at 30 days, that's when 927, when the sacrifice stops. Verse 12, blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to 1,305 and 30 days. So now we've got a 1335, all right? Keep verse 13. But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. The 1335 ends with resurrection. Starts in here, midst of the week, runs 13... So we've got 75 days that fill in that gap that bring in the kingdom, inaugurate the kingdom. We have an inauguration of the president. It's a time period. We vote him in in, well, November, December, January. You know, we vote him in for whatever, okay, depending on how you view the vote. But the, the end of November, and he doesn't take office till the end of January. That's an inauguration period. We're very familiar... So we've got 75 days, again, end, blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the, th Matthew over there, he says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. That's what we're talking about, 75 days, 30 days. So you've got all these times in here that tell you what's going to happen in the 70th week. By the way, come over to Daniel 8. i throw you another day one in here. Look at Daniel 8. <clears throat> Daniel 8 and verse 14. Daniel 8, 14. 
And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be what? Isn't that interesting? When is the sanctuary cleansed? Second coming. You're going to go back 2,300 days, okay, from the start of the week, 220 days are left over, right? What's 1260 twice? 25, right? You got 220 days left over. In 220 days, the Antichrist causes the temple to be rebuilt in Jerusalem and establishes the Jewish religious sacrifices of the Old Testament. So everybody goes, oh, he can't build this and do that. Yes, he can. He's going to get it in 220 days. Okay? So you got another time period that goes. So before long, you're kind of scratching your head a little bit here, going, there's a lot of information here. Now, come back to 927. Daniel 9, verse 27. <clears throat> In the midst of the week uh, shall sign the covenant for one week. And in the midst of the week, again, it doesn't say middle, it says midst. And that's the kicker. And that's the part you gotta, you gotta pay attention to because it's just that critical, okay? Uh, and in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. He doesn't do away with it. 2 Thessalonians 2, he says, sitting on the throne as God. He comes to be worshipped as God. So he sits there in the midst of the week. The, by the way, the midst of the week, you have the war in heaven going on, coming to a conclusion. You have the Antichrist, the man of sin. Okay, the man of sin. He is assassinated, laid out in state in three days. And then in the third day, the son of perdition, the beast out of the bottomless pit, the king of the bottomless pit comes in, inhabits that body, and then he becomes a supernatural creature, and he's, that's 2 Thessalonians 2, I'm ahead of myself a little bit, but we'll get there, where he sits in the throne as God, causing all its worship to come and worship him. That's the back half. That's where Matthew 25, he says, hey, when you see that mess happen, it's time to hit the hills, hit the flee, all those in Judea. It's interesting. It's very specific. That's why if you say there's no gap, you have trouble because as soon as he said the day of thy visitation, then the 70th week should have started. And we got things to do. Okay? We got the cross. We got the city and the temple destroyed. We got the flood come in and the war start. That didn't happen. It had, th by the way, these items haven't happened at all yet. The cross has happened, and then it's been interrupted by their own little gap in within, and then with the dispensation of grace, that's been interrupted. Now, we're out of here. We're up in the heavenly places. We're filling up. Now we're going to see the rest of this run its course, okay? If you think that Judah is your hometown, then we got a problem when it comes time to flee when this stuff happens, all right? Now, look at Isaiah 28. This issue here about signing the covenant with many for one week. Look at Isaiah 28. 
that helps you identify when the 70th week is going to start. Isaiah 28, and look with me, if you will, at verse 14. Isaiah 28, 14. Because what's going to happen here is, again, that identifiable mark. You can't miss this stuff unless you've just got an agenda. Isaiah 28, 14. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Scornful men, not a good thing. Same thing, same timing, and same language that the Lord uses in the Gospels. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell. Are we at agreement? With the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. Overflowing scourge in Scripture, unless it's specifically identified as a flood, it is usually in reference to a military action, a war. That's what's happening here. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehoods have we hid ourselves. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also. What's coming? What's the result of the covenant with death and the agreement with hell? Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and water shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death shall be denulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand when the overflowing scourge shall pass through. Then ye shall be trodden down by it. Again, it's going to end with judgment. Verse Oh, let's see. Ver, look, look at verse 22. Well, verse 21. For the Lord shall rise up as in, the, as in Mount Perizim. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gideon, Gib, Gibeon, that he may do his work, notice his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act, and therefore be ye not mock, mockers, lest your bands be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption even determined upon the whole earth. Strange act, strange work. He's going to do some strange things back there. Now, death and hell. Now, real quick, you still got Daniel 9. Run to Revelation 6. Revelation 6. Revelation 6, we have the four horsemen. Revelation 6, verse 7. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and upon a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him, and off they go. So, Revelation 6 is the beginning of the 70th week. So Revelation 1 to 6, 1 to 5, has nothing to do with the 70th week. It's just other, it's informa critical information. Revelation 6 starts the week because who'd they sign the deal with? Now go back to Daniel 9. Death and the agreements with hell. That identifiable marks. 
So the covenant is made by many, and it's with the Antichrist, the personification of the, of the satanic policy of evil. Now, you got Daniel 9. Look over at Daniel 11. And look, if you will, at verse 32. Daniel 11, 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. The Antichrist is going to come in and peaceably, he's going to have a peace policy. He's going to rescue Israel from the war. He's going to do all, and he's going to be flatteries. He's going to make them fat and rich, and he's going to take it all away from them. Okay? Now watch the rest of verse 32. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by the flame and by captivity and by spoil many days. There's going to be a little flock that's going to be running around down there, and they're going to be standing, and you know what's going to happen? They're going to get wiped out. So what do you read about in Revelation 2 and 3? The overcomer. There they are, okay? Now, when you talk here, and now go back to Daniel 9, verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, again, not middle, midst, 30-day period, roughly. Thing, a lot of things going on. What's going to happen? He shall cause the sacrifice in oblation. Uh, sacrifice and oblation is, uh, is a religious ordinance and offering. The Antichrist has reestablished the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Jewish sacrificial system, and he's reestablished it. Now he's going to stop it. He's going to bring it to an end. Again, he doesn't do away with it. He says, now you're going to come and you're going to worship me. Okay, now look over. Then he says, for and for the overspreading of abominations. And that's where he makes the change. Come back to Matthew 24. I made reference to this a minute ago. I told you I was ahead of myself, but we're doing it. Matthew 24, verse 15. Matthew 24, 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That end is the end of the 70th week. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. There's the kingdom. That's where, that's where we're at in Mark 1, when the Lord says, hey, it's time, it's here, it's time to preach the kingdom, gospel, okay? By the way, it's the same message that's preached here in 24 as it is all the way through. It doesn't change. Verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand, and let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. When they see that abomination, now when does that happen? Midst of the week. Okay? Now come over to 2 Thessalonians 2, because here's what he's doing. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3 and verse 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed. What reveals him? 
the signing of the covenant, Revelation 6, Isaiah 28, the son of perdition. So first half of the week, man of sin, second half, son of perdition. Who opposed, who, the son of perdition, opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Before the 70th week, in, he's the man of sin, he's revealed, he's a politician, he's saving the day. Middle of, midst of the week, assassinated, the king of the bottomless pit comes in, inhabits him, and off he goes, the son of perdition. And in the midst of the week, he stands and he says, you're no longer worshiping and serving the God of the Bible, you're now serving and worshiping me, because I am God. Can't you see? I just resurrected after three days of being dead, and I'm here. Okay? Daniel 9.27 says, go back to Daniel 9, that all happens in the midst of the week. Okay? So the rest, the back half of that time then is going to be the end of verse 27. He shall make it desolate. Even unto the consummation, it's all done. All the six things in verse 24 are done. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. There's the second coming. So the back half is going to be desolate. Why? What happens in the midst of the week? The war in heaven, Satan and his angels are cast out. And what does Israel do? Runs from the hills, seeks the cities of refuge, and off they go. And then Daniel 12, or Revelation 12, they're in the wilderness. There's a table of provisions they're provided for. They're taken care of. All of that is in the back half of that until the second coming. Then we have inauguration day, and then we have kingdom set up. Then we have a thousand-year intro period where Satan is in the bottomless pit. He's let loose. Fire from Magog, Gog and Magog, the fire comes down. He, he kills them. Then we have the great white throne judgment, and off they go into the lake of fire. Lake of fire, and then we have the new heaven and the new earth. Okay? Whew. Now, I did that, we got five minutes. So, where we're at in Mark 1 is we're at the beginning of this. So, in Mark 1, go back over there and we'll just be done. Verse 14, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. So what do you got to do? Repent ye and believe the gospel. It's time now for this to carry on. If you don't have the prophetic gap, you've got to bring this together and you've got no cross. Because the timing, the day of visitation, is prior to the cross. Daniel 9, verse 26 says, and after the 69 weeks, you, the cutting off of the Messiah. And that word after is critical. Okay? Now, when we come back in a couple weeks, we'll get into the passage and see the kingdom of God. Okay? All right. Dearly Father, we thank you for the evening. We thank you for the study. We thank you for the interest in it. And above all, we just thank you for who we are in your Son. In your name we pray. Amen.